Thank you for listening to the Risen Community Church podcast. Risen Church exists to point all people to a new life with Jesus. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and inspired by this message and that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ through it. To learn more about Risen Church or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on social media or visit risencommunity.church. That's risencommunity.church. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus wanted his church to be just a small flock, never intended for the church to be a mega church. He wanted the one church, one church to grow small and grow healthy and be connected. So Jesus has to be in the center of that church. And Jesus is alive, right? So he's active through our church body. So why people say why Jesus is alive and active? Because he is in us, right? Through the Holy Spirit. And you and I, when we become believers and we become, you know, born-again Christians, we have to put out Jesus' you know, image. We have to be a reflection of Jesus' image. So he's, he's with us, and he's in us, and he's alive, and we have to be his ambassadors. You know, he wants to be known. Jesus wants to be known. He wants us to go out and be disciple and also be disciple-makers. So that's what the church is all about, about community, too, which is common unity, right? The common unity is about being, you know, oneness, have never division, have to protect that unity. You know, Jesus wants us to, to be united, and also he wants us to be, um, protect that unity. So what is the unity? So what is the common unity? When we, when we say common unity within the body of Christ, as a believer, as followers, when you hear common unity in the faith, what is it? It's to become like Jesus. It's really simple. Other than that, other than that, it's basically we're teaching a different gospel. If we teach a different gospel, that's something we will not do here. It's very simple. We teach the gospel because in the process, we want people to become like Jesus. And it's very simple, but it takes a lot of work from us because we get overwhelmed with life because life happens, but we have to get rooted in the Word of God. We have to be connected with God. We have to seek God. We have to understand that we cannot, we are not by design able to live without God. We can, but it's not going to be good. We have to make disciples, right? We have to be disciples makers. We are commissioned. We are called. Jesus' great commission, it is to be disciple and to be disciple makers. This is, don't take this lightly because Jesus literally gave us that commission over our life. He asked us to be disciples makers. So, you know, when we come here to this building and part of us coming to this community, not only just to, um, you know, be our disciples, we want to be also disciples maker. We want to be a reflection of Jesus of everything we do and everything we say. We have to become to this uh, building as gathering together in agreement that we are here to preach the gospel and also we're here to make disciples of all nations and also to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. You know, we have to also um, be here for each other, right? That's why um, after four months of being here as a baby church, we right away, we started our intercessory ministry because somebody has to fill the gap. Somebody has to fill the gap between us 
in God and we need people. Jesus is our intercessor. And we need people to bring us, all of us, back and lead us to Jesus because he is our intercessor. But sometimes we get caught up in, in, in the heavy lifting, um, in, the, in the toughness of life, in the lowness of life. And we need people from the same faith that they're dedicating themselves to be intercessors for, uh, intercessors for you and I to come and hold our hands and give us that little tiny push to bring us to Jesus. So we're here to fill the gap. We're here to live life together. You know, the, the, neat, the neat thing about um, life groups, the neat thing about groups is we call them life groups or groups because the purpose of that is really to live life together. They come to your house, you go to their house, or you meet anywhere, but you have nothing to hide, no hidden agenda. And that's the beauty of when we have, uh, when we want to know somebody, uh, especially God, is we invite them, but also that invitation has to follow with transparency. There is no hidden agenda. Same thing, like I've been saying, if you want to know somebody on a personal level, you have to invite them to your life, but also you have to be very transparent with that person to bring and break that bond, and to actually to get that bond, rather, and to build that bond up, and a lot of those relationships will last for a lifetime. So invitation, followed by um, transparency. We're here to share our stories, uh, share our life stories and ups and downs and hills and valleys. And we do it, really we do all that because we realize that we're heading towards God. We're actually following God. We, everything we do is basically to go back home. But we do it for, to live a uh, kingdom life, right? Jesus, when he went on the mountain, he was a teaching, he was teaching, um, kingdom um, sermon. He was teaching a kingdom words for kingdom people because he looked at us. We are his kingdom. We are his people. And we're going to go to his kingdom. So do kingdom life, right? And to do that, you know, you have to actually make a decision. You really have to make a decision if you want to do kingdom life. If you want to do a kingdom life, you have to decide where you're at in the order, not of creation, but also in the order of the ministry, in the order of the, of the body, in the order of the fellowship uh, with God. Are you want to be a spiritual contributor, okay? That somebody that sees the vision, sees the mission, uh, sees the mission, and believe in God, and do whatever he can do to be a disciple maker, okay? Are we going to be a spiritual uh, consumer, just really come in, Praise God and um, gather and follow or have fellowship with people and then go back home unchanged. You know, and that's where the, the balance in the church body sometimes gets thrown out of whack because you do have so many spiritual contributors that people dedicating their life for the kingdom, but also you have spiritual consumers that just come here, they suck the life out of the body of Christ and then they go and they don't do anything about it. So as, as, a, as a body of Christ, you know, we pray, we pray uh, that we want to connect with people so we can help them, you know, to move, help them to make that next step in their faith and their relationship with Jesus. Because sometimes we want to be uh, spiritual uh, contributors, but we really don't know what to do and how we choose, how, what to do going to go from that step to that step. The next step in our faith is crucial because a lot of times we do believe that we are spiritual contributors, but we become stagnant because somebody just keeps food feeding us, food feeding us, and we're happy, we're comfortable. 
but we don't realize that we're actually becoming in the process virtual consumer because you can only feed people so much and you can only feed them so much virtual milk that at a certain point they gotta start eating virtual fruit, right? And then when we do that, that virtual fruit is flossing from Jesus to us. It's our obligation and his mission and permission to us to become not only disciples, but also be a disciples maker. So sometimes we have to do kingdom life. Hear my heart on this. Sometimes we have to do kingdom life, not just regular life. Regular life happens. God provides. If he cares about the birds, right, and he feeds and provides and everything, and he, if he cares about the fish of the sea, life is not easy. And I know it's going to be hard, but with Jesus, everything is possible, right? But sometimes we got to step out of our comfort zone and realize that, yes, I, am, I'm, I'm, I have to make a decision because at one point I want to follow Jesus 100% of the time. No shortcuts. I'm not going to just do it 50%, 70%, or 80%. I'm all in 100%. And to do that, you've got to cross the bridge from be being a spiritual consumer to a spiritual contributor. You've got to join groups. You've got to come early and help uh, you know, the body of Christ preparing for this place, just for the Holy Spirit to come. As I always said, if the Holy Spirit is not in this building, we only social club, right? We are legalistic organization. We need the Holy Spirit to be here. Without Jesus in this building, without God in this building, it's just a building, just a school building. The lights are great, the chairs are comfortable, the screen is cool, the ballots and all that stuff is awesome. But all that, we can actually get away with all that stuff. We can just go behind a tree or underneath a tree rather and with the gospel and preach Jesus' name and preach his gospel, and God will be there. And that's more than enough. That's really what we need. That's what we need, but we cannot do it alone. As a body of Christ, we do need the help of everybody. We need the help of everybody to help so we can increase, so we can always, always be intentionally going after God's heart. And we are, but it, the more people, they become with us, and they walk this journey of faith with us, the more off we're going to be. So groups. You know, small groups, you know, it's, it's really easy, not hard. So, you know, we, we set up women's ministry and, um, you know, God is great and God is always good. And now I think, I feel that God is leading me to the right person, somebody I trust and somebody to me is as a brother. And, you know, we we're talking about it and I'm, I'm praying that things will go through and we start setting up men's ministry. It's so important for us to have fellowship. It's so important for us to be connected in Jesus in the center of it because we cannot get beat up. We cannot get beat up on our own and keep getting up on our feet and getting beat up, getting up on our feet and get up and keep going. We need a group of believers that they help us, that they support us, that they pray for us, that they will be there for us through thick and thin, 24-7. And we cannot do this just right here, hearing the message. We got to do it by getting engaged, getting plugged in in groups. We have to do it. That's how, um, you know, uh, iron sharpen iron, right? You know, but I look at it and I say, why people don't do that? I think the reason why people don't get engaged in groups is for the reason why people don't come to church. So why people don't come to church service? Why people don't come and attend church service? because they don't know anybody there, which is very tough. 
because if you are introverts, right, the last thing you want to do is walk to a building and knowing that there is, there is nobody there, nobody that you know there. So they would rather not do, not do it. Now, with the technology we have and everything we have, that's why we count on social media to give people the encouragement, to give people, listen, we're here to preach the gospel and we're here to bring Jesus to this place. You are more than, you more, you are more than welcome for who you are to come and worship Jesus with us. So that's one reason why people, they don't attend church service. The second thing is they don't think the people will connect and speak to them. And that's why we want to do the shift and do that fellowship half an hour before the service so we can get to know you. We want to know um, more about you because we care about who you are, not what you do for the ministry. We care about who you are as a person, as a son and daughter of Jesus Christ more than anything else. You know, most people, they, they ask themselves, is anyone here like me? They don't know. I mean, we all have, we all have issues. We all have struggles. No one is perfect. And sometimes people say, well, what if these people are different than I am? Am I going to get offended? Am I going to get judged? You know, judgment at the church is a big, big issue because even though sometimes we don't see it, but we are so sensitive to it because we are scarred and wounded from things happened in the past. And if we go to a church building, right, and then we feel that church body is not interacting with us, they're not uh, being welcoming, they're not being friendly, we feel that they're judging us because of all the fears of the past of the scars, all the wounds, all the burdens that we carry in ourselves, in, inside ourselves and our shoulders, that they're judging us because of that, even though they don't even know us. But that's why we want to have the fellowship. That's why we, we welcome everybody for who they are. You know, the other reason is these Christian people, they just um, after my money. These Christians, they just after my money. They're like there is no other source of getting money other than planting a new church, right? But we made that reputation. We made that reputation. You know, when you hear that um, on one of those Christian channels on, uh, on TV for the eyes of the angels and you can adopt this and that and then all of a sudden that preacher is, wants $2 million airplane because he can't touch the ceiling while he's worshiping Jesus up in the air. It says, what on earth? Why would I even support people like that? Why? Where is Jesus in the process of this? I give my hard-earned money for people so he can ask for two, three billion dollar airplane, so he can travel the world and go to the Hawaii and Bahamas and fund his own vacation money. So we made that reputation as, as, as a church, not as a believers, as a church. And that breaks my heart because that's dishonoring to Jesus. This is taking Jesus out of the whole equation, but yet we, just, we use his name as the label for personal gain. People don't come to church because they came once and they didn't feel Jesus in the building. How many of us, we are on vacation or traveling and we go to a church building, we come in to encounter Jesus like we always do because that's why we come to church, to hear the gospel and encounter Jesus. But yet, you look for Jesus, he's nowhere to be found. Nothing. It's all about offering and tithing and rituals. And you try to connect you try to see where is Jesus in the equation, and he's not there. But yet, you are inside a Christian church building. So they don't come. They have no motivation. They have no reason to come. If they don't come and encounter God 
everything we do here is useless. Zero. has nothing to do. I always tell uh, the team, if we don't bring the Holy Spirit to this building, if we don't bring Jesus to this building, might as well let's just go home. Just stay in bed. Sleep in. Because if we don't come here and we don't challenge you, we don't encourage you to encounter Jesus and make Jesus your Lord and Savior and take Jesus with you and be in the center of your household, we're not doing you... We're not doing anything. We're just, uh, just uh, preaching and teaching our own agenda. But that's why people don't come to church. They don't come to church because it's just a building. They didn't encounter Jesus. They didn't feel his holy presence inside the building. That's why people, they don't, they come and they are standing in sin and they walk into the building and they're not scared. They're not terrified because that place is not holy. You know, for me, growing up, going to the church on Sunday, we, we had to go to the priest first and we had to do confession and all that stuff before we were able to take communion. But in the process, we were scared that, listen, you know, I, I called so-and-so a name, or I did this, or I did that. Now I'm going to go to church. I got to repent. I got to lay it all down before God, because this is a holy place. And I think sometimes we take this for granted. So when we are face-to-face with Jesus, there is no fear, okay? There is no fear. We just have to be who we are. But we have to be willing to be, you know, able to hear his word, okay? And this is the truth. This is the very radical truth. We are all broken. All of us. We are all broken. We need each other. We need the community that Jesus put together so we can support each other. We need to live within one tribe. Just one tribe. There is no cliques. There is no tribes within the tribes. And there is no sub-tribes between the sub-tribes. There is only one tribe. And that tribe is named Jesus. We are Team Jesus. And I don't want you to think that it's us and them. It's never like that. It's never like that. We're all broken. We're all broken, whether we come to church or we don't come to church, whether we're active part of the body, church, or now we are all broken. Always invite people like Jesus. Always. Please hear my heart. You always have to invite people like Jesus because it's not an option, it's not a choice, it's a commission. We are commissioned to be disciples. So we owe it to Jesus to invite people like Jesus. Invite people like Jesus. Always love people like Jesus for who they are. Who are you to judge? We're all sinners. We all have our own struggles. We all have our own wounds and scars. And we all, we all, you know, we all have our mistakes, right? We're not perfect. So who are we to judge people? I always tell people, before you judge anybody else, look in the mirror. And if you're perfect, then you can do whatever you want to do. But I know the answer. It's, we're not perfect. Always build relationships. Because you don't really know what these people are going through. They don't know what life is doing to them. They don't, you don't know if they are broken. They don't know if they are on drugs. They don't know if they are on addiction from some sort. They don't know if they financially in really, really tough spots, their work, their relationships with their wives, uh, their work situation. Uh, sometimes, believe it or not, even when we become spiritual, spiritually contributors, we struggle with our faith. 
to because it become targets, right? And we get tested, we get tried, and sometimes not by choice, we get pushed out in the wilderness to find out if we can endure and sustain that hard faith test. But faith alone is not enough. You have to have confidence that Jesus is there and he's going to be there no matter what. So build relationships. Build relationships. It's, it's really important. We cannot live alone. We cannot live alone. We all need each other because we're all broken. You know, it's all about encouraging people and, you know, and we cannot encourage people. We cannot give what we don't have, right? So that's why we have to encounter God. That's why we have to study the word. That's why we have to pray. That's why we have to get to know God more and more every day. Because in the process, we'll become like him. And in the process, we'll become disciple makers. In the process, we can invite people. We can love people. And we can build relationships. But this is the fact. We are all broken. There's no perfect. There's no perfect people here. All of us. All of us. You know, um, we all have our issues. We all have our, we all have our struggles. You know, but we are in pursuit, right? We are in pursuit of, of a lot of things. But the question is, what are you pursuing? You know, what is chasing you? What is chasing you? What are you, in, you know, uh, letting, you know, uh, things come to your house? Why are you letting things come to your heart? Why are you letting things that you see in your eyes and you keep looking once and twice and three, four times, even though you know down deep in your heart that this is sin? You can look once, but then you look a second time. Ah, you're committing a sin second time. So what is chasing you? What are you uh, going after? You know, we always, we're all called to you know, go after and pursue hard God's heart, the perfect one. Jesus is the perfect one. We are all following the coming, right? He is coming. Jesus is coming. He is the perfect one. Why we do that? Because just like his disciples did when he was a rabbi, because when you follow somebody, you become just like him. Follow Jesus, because he is the perfect one. And you and I, even though we are all broken and we're not perfect, we will become perfect when he chooses to. In the right time, we become perfect, but we have to follow the perfect one until he comes. We all need each other, right? Um, you know, brokenness, we are called to accept each other's brokenness. Wow. That is hard. That is hard. You know, doing ministry for years and uh, teaching and preaching and doing different groups, you get uh, people that they are so broken and so wounded that sometimes they overwhelm you with their brokenness. And you reject them because, listen, I am broken too and I'm not perfect. But man, you're killing me. You're so broken that you get holes everywhere. And I need to be like an octopus to mend you and seal you. But you have to do it because that's how we live life together. It's hard. It's not easy. But also, they have to want to want it too. So do not do the heavy lifting on your own. You have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. But also... They have to want to want it. But we have to accept each other's brokenness. You know, how can we do that? How can we accept each other's brokenness? We have to realize and we have to acknowledge and we have to pray over our unique plus God's gift for us. So what is your unique gift? 
What's your unique plus God's gift over your life? What is it? What is your gift or gifts? What is your gift? Do we really know what our gift? We're all born, you know, God created us, right? We're all born for a purpose, for a reason, for a mission. So what is your gift? And the second question I challenge you today, are you using your gift? If you're standing right here before the throne and you, this is the time that you have to give account to Jesus. And he asks you, what is the gift that I gave you when you were down on earth? Are you able to answer, what is your gift? If you don't know what your gifts are, you've got to pray over them. You've got to get plugged in. You've got to get engaged. You've got to challenge yourself. You've got to take that step of faith that God will move. But you have to move first. And that's right. You've got to move first. And God will move. But not until you move first, God will move. But you cannot find your gift sitting in your living room on the couch watching movies, watching TVs, listening to all kind of garbage that will never, ever take your gifts and bring them to life. And then when you do that, you change life and bring people to Jesus. And you go in the process, and God will bless you, and God will walk with you wherever you go. And you broke, and you break walls, you break strongholds. We all know that we know that we have strongholds in our lives that we cannot break them on our own. We do need the supernatural powers of Jesus. And I always tell people, just look at, look at this thing in, in this lenses. What would Jesus say when he looks at you, right? What would Jesus say? Just put yourself in Jesus' eyes and say, what would Jesus right here, right now say about you? Are you wasting the gift that he blessed you with? These unique gifts, they are specially for you. They are designed by God for you. Are you aware of them? And if you are, are you using them for his kingdom? And if you have them, if you know who, um, if you know your unique plus gift, if you know that's awesome, that's really great, and you are using them, the question is, what are you using them for? What are you using them for, you know? The challenge, and I challenge all of you here, is do we, any one of us, know what our kid says we need gift? That's another challenge, because, you know, when you become a parent, you know, things shift, right? You're not just all about you, okay? Do you know what your kid says you need gift? Do you see the seeds in them? Do you see that they are talented in something that God is giving them? That's their gift. That's their gift. If it's leadership, feed it. If it's prophecy, if it's ministry, if it's anything, just you gotta find out what your kids' unique gifts are and pray over it and support him. So Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God and God only. This is your true and proper worship, right? when we serve God and when we surrender to God and when we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to be pleasing to God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, which is how easy that is, because it's easy and we love it, because there is that uh, short period of pleasure that comes with it, that when we live 
this earthly life. We enjoy life. We go on vacation. We do all kind of crazy stuff, which is nothing wrong with that, but there is a balance. But in the process, when we see that we becoming, you know, reflection of this earthly living versus being a reflection of Jesus Christ, this is a dangerous zone. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Always, always renew your mind. Always, always stay rooted in the Word. Always, always stay, stay rooted in the Word of God and study the Bible. Do your devotional. Know the Word of God. Analyze the Scripture. Ask people about the Scripture, what it means. And am I reading it correctly? Am I understanding the Word of God correctly? Meet with people that they know the Word of God more than you do and ask for counseling, ask for an advice, ask for, you know, even just somebody to pray over you. And sometimes that alone will help a lot. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will. What is God's will for you? Do you know what God's will for your life? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His God is always, always God's will is always perfect because He is the perfect one. For by grace given, by grace given me, I say to every one of you. See what Paul getting the word from God. says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That's the bride. And that's the scary part of the current church. Right now we become preachers and, and we go to Bible college. And because of that, we think that we have elite status that we can look at people down. Because listen, hey, I know the Bible. I'm more spiritually sound than you are. And now I can look down on you, push you away. I don't want you to be part of my clique because, listen, I'm, I'm spiritually sound, man. Who, who you are? You're just maybe a believer. You're just somebody who just comes to church. But, and that's where the friction in the church, that's when we start making cliques. That's when we start making tribes within the tribes. And it's very dangerous because now we're living the Pharisees' living. But rather think of yourself with the sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. We all have the seeds of faith. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. We do not have the same function. That's why we need each other, because those unique plus gifts, they are by design for us collectively to complete the body of Jesus Christ. And we do need that. We do need that. The church has so many functions, right? You got worship, you got kids' ministry, you got women's ministry, you got men's ministry. You got so many moving parts, so many functions to complete the body of Christ. And we do need each other. So in Christ, only in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We all belong to each other. We cannot live life alone. We are, not, we are not designed to live life alone. We are designed to live in common unity, in the community, helping, supporting each other, being Jesus' tribe. We have different gifts, right? We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each other, each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then go ahead, serve. You just got to move. You got to move. You got to do it. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement, then encourage people because their life depends on your encouragement. 
Don't take it lightly. There is people out there that are so weak that they cannot go through life alone, and they need us. If your gift is encouraging, then use it for that purpose. Find what your gift is and use it, and know what you're using it for, and only use it for Jesus. Then give encouragement, right? If it is giving, then give generously, right? Even giving is a gift. If it is to lead, do it diligently, right? If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So whatever your gift is, whatever your gift is, we have to use them to complete the one body of Christ. You know, we have to be unified. The unity of the church is really so important that it's worth fighting for. It is worth it. It's very inexpensive. It's very expensive to um, have division in the church because it destroys homes. It kills us spiritually. And in the process, we become just walking dead on the face of the earth. And it's displeasing and dishonoring to Jesus. So be unified. Be active body for God's glory. We need to advance his kingdom, right? God's, God's plan, God always plan is to, for us to glorify him, to honor his name, and to point all people to a new life, a new hope with Jesus Christ. And this is the mission of our uh, church. Our mission statement is to point all people to a new life, to a new hope uh, with Jesus Christ. And that's what God is all about, is to have us come home, right? He's always leading us to come home. So what are you chasing after? What are you running away from? That's the scary part. What are you running away from? Sometimes we know what we're chasing after. But the scary part is, ask yourself radically, what are you running away from? What are you running away from? What is scaring you? Find it. And if you can't handle it by yourself, that's why you have community of believers. Get plugged in in a, in a group. Get plugged in in the church. Be active part of the body. But always, always, no matter where you're at in your journey, no matter where you're at in this life, this is what Jesus does. He's standing with wide open arms. And this is what he says. Come and follow me. Right? Come and follow me. Please listen to this scripture. Please listen to this scripture. If nothing gives you comfort today, if you have a heart that is bleeding, if you have a heart that you can even feel it, if you can even breathe, I pray and I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you, will transform you, and when you leave here today, you'll be more connected with the Word and realizing that you cannot fight this fight alone. So no matter what you're going through today, just listen what the Scripture says. Hebrews 10.25, come to me. Jesus said, come to me. He's not saying, go away from me. He says, come to me. He's inviting you to come to him. He's waiting for you, and he wants you to come because he is waiting right there for you to come. All you who worry and burden, and I'll give you rest. He's giving you rest, right? He's giving you rest. Can you just take a long breath and say, I can rest in Jesus? Can you do that? He is going to give you rest. No matter what you're going through, He is there. He says, come to me. I'm there. I'm here. I am going to give you rest. Nothing else is matter. Over. It's done. No matter what you're going through, no matter who's attacking you, no matter how hard life is, 
It's gone. I am going to give you rest. You can relax now, right? Just relax and breathe. I'm going to give you rest. Not only that, not only that, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me so you can fight the good fight. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Again, you will find rest for your souls. Come to me and lay it all down at the cross. Come to me and just lay it down at my feet and breathe, relax. Because I got you. Jesus is saying, I got you, but you have to come to me. It's a conditional promise. It's not going to happen until you and I, we move, so God moves, right? It's conditional promise. If you do that, I'm going to do that. If you move, I move. Come to me. Come to me. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how people are treating you, come to me and I'm going to give you rest because everything is done. I'm going to give you rest for your own soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Always, always the burden following Jesus are very light. Always, always the ministry, as hard as it sounds, those sleepless nights praying for people, those sleepless nights thinking about people's faith, those sleepless nights thinking about people standing before the throne, and you had the chance to change their life and you didn't. How can you sleep? How can you live with yourself knowing that you had a unique plus gift as part of the body of Christ? but you didn't use them for what God created them and gave them and blessed you with them for. Come to me, Jesus said. Come and find rest. Come to me. Don't go anywhere else. Jesus is inviting you to come to him. And he is opening his arms wide open for you. Why would you go elsewhere? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful promise? That's awesome. But why do we go elsewhere? Why do we do that? This is why. Because of lack of faith in Jesus. We know Jesus is there. We know the faith is there, but the confidence. Peter tried to walk on the water, and he did. But why did he sink in the water? Why did he go down in the water? Because Jesus invited him, come. And he did. But he did not know that without faith he cannot do anything. He didn't know, he did not know that God got him. So come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Don't walk away from him. He says, come, not only come, but follow me. When you follow somebody, that means he's leading you. When you come to Jesus, he's gonna equip you. Even though if you're not equipped, he's gonna pinpoint his gifts and blessings you even though you don't but you gotta come first so we meet together to learn how to be like Jesus and in the process as a church we are called to teach each other the word of God to lift each other up to love each other for who we are even with our brokenness